Hey, welcome to episode number 174 for June 3rd, 2012. Ladies and gentlemen, let the cats begin. I got a new app. It's awesome. It's called Cat Piano. That's awesome. wife is just absolutely thrilled that I finally got an app that she loves too. Check this out. What do you think? Um, I'm withholding comment because I try to not um, say mean things. What do you so mean? What do you I, mean? I'm, just, I'm just choosing not to comment. I think it's a great app. Well... I, I won't quote what I said earlier today, but I think it had something to do with shoving the iPhone <gasps> up your nose. Oh, gosh. I was going to say. <laughs> because I couldn't stand it anymore. You don't like it? Um, n- not after about the first 10 seconds. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I got it for the iPhone, too. Yeah. That's so I could not only just have it for my iPad, mm-hmm. but I could also... In extreme moments of duress or, mm-hmm. you know, when you're just feeling down and you need a little lift, you just turn on your cat piano app and you just, wow. that's right from my phone. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. The, the one that cracked me up, though, I have to say there's one that's really funny because it sounds like there's this cat that had a six pack a day smoking habit. That, well, that's because he did. That's asthma kitty, ready? Asthma kitty, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a very healthy kitty. No. How about the forlorn kitty? That's nice. The furious cat's nice, too. Get out of here, little cat! Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, cat piano highly recommended from this man. um, I think we could be done with that. She never wants to hear it again, but I wrote a song with it, so it was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I like kitties, but I I don't like the app. All right, so, fine. Then I'll just so go get have, a live kitty and squeeze we have, it. We have mixed reviews What would happen if I squeezed kitty the kitty? You would be in trouble with me. I could do kitty warbling. And this might be why the cats like me more than they do you. They do not. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe one of the evil ones likes you better. Yeah. But that's only because, well, I don't know why. Hmm. The other cats like me better. I don't think so. Well, Stripey does is more bonded with you. I yes, have to he is. Say. Stripey is my cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are we talking about cats? I don't know. This is taken with you, and I'm Amy Moyer. I'm Rick. And I'm um, married to Amy Moyer. Yes. For this month, will be twenty six years. Count them. Twenty six years. Wow. So what are we doing for our 26th wedding anniversary? You're not even going to be home, so. (laughs) I'm going to be out of town working on our 26th wedding anniversary. Thrilling, isn't it? Yes. I I could drive up to where you're at and try to find a restaurant and go out. Yeah, there's not very many places to eat out in the boonies where I'll be working. But you go to the boondocks where we first met. I think it's closed now. They don't have it? 
I don't think it's open anymore. <sighs> we we that was where we had our first real date. You know, like dressing up in nice clothes and going out to eat. And I don't remember anything about that. I just you, remember your beautiful hair. And you played <laughs> you played with the light <coughs> fixture at the table. I was only because I was nervous. I was staring into your beautiful brown eyes. <laughs> Okay. They're kind of hazel, but that's close. What? Yeah. You have brown eyes. They're brownish. I have blue they're, eyes. You have brown eyes, and that's gold, how it is. They're goldish. You don't have brown. gold eyes. When's the last time you've looked close? They're not dark brown. Why, well, just hazel brown. not too long ago, so. Mm, okay. <sighs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's go get on with the podcast. Why don't you play one of your promo thingies <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and play one of your promo thingies go and pluck a chicken go catch a chicken do you remember playing great pc games like king's quest command and conquer and x-wing do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto exec bat files to eke out just one more k of conventional memory if you do then you may be interested in my show the upper memory block Every two weeks, we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time. But more importantly, we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block Podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes. I sure enjoyed, uh, or I enjoy listening to his podcast. A lot of fun. Yeah, I haven't listened to this one yet. You haven't listened to the Space Quest one? No. I I listened to part of it, actually, because you recorded part of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't listened to it all yet. Well, you would like it. Joe rocks. He's a good guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, glad to have him as a friend. I have some really cool friends in Canada. Yeah, matter of fact. I know Joe and Fran, and I know. Are, uh, are we on to what's happening at our house now? Jeff and uh, Tao Tao okay. are cool, too. Are we on to? Sure. Um, go our ahead. Friend, our friend Shirley. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, well, our you, friend Shirley lives in Canada, a, too. A, a business conference this morning. With a guy from Canada. With a guy from Canada mm-hmm. not, that lives kind of in the same area as our fellow podcast friend, Jeff Job. Um, yeah. And Tao Tao. Yeah. That. They live in Calvary or something, Calgary, Calgary, something like that. Around there. Yeah. And he, yeah, I did us. have a conference call with a guy that I'm doing a contract with for some voiceover stuff. A lot yeah. of fun. He's a good guy. I enjoyed t- talking with him. His name is Rob. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what else has been going he on. He said with A you? a lot. What do you think, A? What do you think, A? A. So what's going on with you, A? With me? <laughs> yeah. A? Well, let me see. I'm I'm up in a boat, a boot, uh, in a boot. and I might phone you later. Boot in a boot. See, I'm making fun of my Canadian okay. uh, friends. Yeah. Shall we eat some back bacon? Back and bacon. And take off to the great wide north. Take off! It's a beauty oh, way to go. That hurts my ears. What's back bacon? I don't know. I just know. Never mind. Okay. My Canadian friends will understand. Okay. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to typecast you. Okay. Not you. Them. Yeah, them. Okay. So what have I been doing? I've been busy getting some contracts this week. It was kind of nice. Yeah, 
Yeah, you've been work- you've done a few websites this week. Yeah, I did uh, one, two, three websites this week working on them, and I also got my teeth worked on again, mm-hmm. and they're all happy now, which is great. Yay! And I don't have problems now, which is wonderful. And now all I have to do is pay for it. Yeah, we talked got about, the bill today. We talked about that today when you got the bill because like, a toothache hurts you twice. Yeah, once it does. before you get it fixed and then once, once when you pay after the bill. when you get the bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I also did some voiceover stuff and some music things and um, had a, a real good um, good week and uh, did a bunch of, you know, first of the month. So I did my billing and everything. And then mm-hmm. we got some really nice donations in here at the beginning of the month, too, and want to say thank you to uh, all of you that did that. That was very nice of you. We have uh, we have a few folks that give every single month uh, around this time. And and it's just a very, it's a huge blessing a to us. Blessing. And it's nice just to feel the support, um, moral support. And, yeah. Um, that we have some people behind us. Am I? Do I need to talk louder? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yay! So I I kind of just worked a lot this week and to today when we before we recorded while you had your conference call and did that kind of stuff. I just did laundry and dishes and mopped my kitchen floor and cleaned my bathroom. Yeah. Vacuumed. Those kind of normal things that need to be done on a somewhat regular basis oh no no okay i thought i heard somebody talking did you hear somebody yeah talking? i heard someone talking there must be people walking outside our house are you sure or there's somebody at our door i guess jade would freak out if there was somebody at our door wouldn't she i think so andrew is there anybody here i didn't hear any knocking all right so. okay all right Okay, so, yeah, so, boy, thrilling week, huh? Yeah, well, um, tomorrow we're excited because we have a uh, church barbecue, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'll tell you what, church tastes really weird, especially barbecue sauce on it. I don't know. You know. We're going to have a barbecue at church. Oh, okay, which is a rare, you know, a rare thing. Shouldn't it be the opposite at no, church? No, it should be well done, not rare. Uh, I don't yes. know about that. I like rare meat. Yeah, I don't. Another thing that we don't agree on. Mm-hmm. We don't agree on a lot of things. A lot of things. That's not were, true. I don't agree with you on that. A lot of things were totally opposite. And <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> yes. We should just come up with. Let's see. Okay, you ready? Uh-huh. You ready? Um, what's your favorite movie? Oh, Pride and Prejudice. Jane Austen. Okay, ask me. The Six Hour A&E version. Ask me. What's your favorite movie? Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Okay. Um, what's your favorite protein? Protein? Mm-hmm. A ribeye steak. What's your favorite protein? Probably beans. <laughs> oh, pew. Well, or something non-carnivore. Okay. I like tofu, All right. eggs. What's your favorite piece of chicken? Um, Chicken breast, white meat, no skin. Ask me. What's your favorite piece of chicken? Wings. With all the skin. Yes. Wings. Ugh. Um, okay, what I feel like is... I can fly after I eat them. <laughs> what is... What's your favorite vegetable? Um, this... Well, I don't know. I love come on, all Come on, vegetables. come on, come on. What's your favorite vegetable? Broccoli. Okay, ask me. What's your favorite vegetable? Corn on the cob. Not my favorite. Um, so... 
we we have lots of things. What's your favorite temperature like? Temperature? Like, I'd say in the 40s or 50s. What's my favorite? Uh, Fahrenheit. What's my favorite temperature? Like 75 mm-hmm. or 80 Yeah. in the house. Yeah. And I can't handle it. Or outside. I love it in the 70s, maybe early 80s. Yes. Um. Well... Hmm. What's your favorite kind of music? Um, heavy metal. Are you going to ask me? What's your favorite music? <laughs> um, soft rock, jazz, um, not jazz. I don't like jazz that much. Um, like folk. S- like Celtic? Yeah, no, sometimes. But folksy, soft rock. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Down to earth. All right. Quiet. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. What's your favorite techno uh, techno device? I do like my iPhone. Ask me. What's your favorite? What techno? do you think? Your iPad. Yes. Yes. And maybe my synthesizer. Mm. I do like that a lot. I've gotten more techie, but um, what would be your ideal vacation spot? My ideal vacation spot was Star Trek: The Experience, but it isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. And and other than that. Uh, I'd say just about any place that had somewhere decent to sleep, some good food, and internet access. Okay. There you go. And What's yours? Well, I've never been to Hawaii, but I'm thinking someplace warm and had lots of flowers and lots of nature, peaceful. What's your favorite animal? Hmm... I don't, you know, that's hard because I like a lot of animals. Cats, dogs, bunnies. But not that app. Cats are my favorite. Okay. I like the dog close second. Yeah. Guinea pigs close third. Yeah, I'm not much into guinea pigs. They're really awesome, especially the barbecue sauce. (sighs) We're not Incas, so get over it. (laughs) Incas. That's our main food group, main protein group. Main food group. Mm-hmm. So, is. Mr. Inca, what's your favorite food? Guinea, Guinea pig. pig. Guinea pig. It's their main protein source. It is. We learned that in Roasting over the fire. Guinea so, pig. So let's go on because we probably bored everyone to death by now. Oh, well, we were just talking about how opposite we yes, were. Yes, we are opposite. Favorite, favorite ice cream flavor. Mm, Jamocha almond fudge. So far, then I have to take Benadryl because I'm allergic to the almonds. (laughs) I think Rocky Road is mine. Yeah. Something really chocolatey. Death by chocolate might be my favorite. Mm. Okay, so. Okay, so we're done talking about opposites. We're done done talking about Mm -hmm. opposites because that was kind of (laughs) boring. Maybe we could just like go back and, and. Delete uh, all that. <laughs> no, nah, we're okay. We're making dinner at the same time, and I have to go check on it to make sure. You Here, you talk to everybody. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, yep. isn't it nice to have a husband that cooks? I don't know. I think I'm pretty cooking. Yeah. Now if I could just teach him to clean. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go and just just be nice to everybody while I'm gone. Um, today is um, house cleaning and podcasting day, and tomorrow is church and hopefully gardening day. I like to um, spend time with God in my garden. 
So tomorrow, hopefully, we'll, I'll get the last bit of my garden tilled up and possibly planted. Got quite a bit planted already, but um, I've got potatoes planted and squash and cucumbers and salad greens and that kind of stuff. But my corn and peas and beans are in little tiny pots that I started on the deck. And those still need to be planted in the garden. But the garden has to be dug up still. Fun stuff. Just a little tiny garden. But I enjoy that. And Rick um, enjoys helping me water the garden. Don't you, dear? What? You enjoy helping me water th all the garden? Because I'm kind of a plant addict. Not really. But you do help me with that. Because yeah, um, because if it gets hot and I'm working out of town, sometimes I need you to help water. So what I miss? I just talked about what I had planned for tomorrow. That oh, exciting! I have planned going to church and working in the yard tomorrow. Wow, that's that's thrilling. I love working in my yard. Great. You know I love working in. The I got yard. to go see a movie. You did what movie? Did you I went see? and saw a lot. Um, a week ago, I went and saw Men in Black Three. With Andrew. Yes, Andrew and I went. And if you're a fan of Men in Black, here, I'll do it like reading Rainbow. Do you remember reading Rainbow? I loved okay, reading here, Rainbow. Here, I'll be like one of those kids. If you're a fan of Men in Black, the series of movies, you'll really like episode three of Men in Black. Is it only the third one? Yes. Oh, seems like they've been on forever. Okay, so I actually liked it better than the Avengers movie. No way. Yep. No way. Yep, I did. And I'll tell you why. You want me to tell you why? Okay. Because I thought that Men in Black 3 was a much more entertaining movie as far as humor-wise. And, and if you knew the universe, if you've already seen Men in Black 1 and 2, 2 wasn't as good. But but if you've seen those movies, then you already know how the characters are established. So you don't have to get that whole time trying to figure out who the characters are. They're already uh -huh. established. And so this one is just hysterical. And there's there's moments when you're you, you actually find yourself feeling like uh, it's touching. See, I did, I don't think I've ever watched the other two movies. Yeah, you it, probably wouldn't like them. Um, yeah, so I don't think you would like them. It it probably wouldn't be an Amy movie that much. Andrew, she wouldn't like them. Yeah. Andrew, would I like watching Men in Black? He's not even answering us. Is he not even here? Or is he just ignoring us? Andrew, would I like Men in Black 3? <laughs> He's not going to say anything. <coughs> he might have his headphones on. Uh-huh. Well, I or think he's, he's just, just ignoring, ignoring us. <laughs> I think that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, well, prob probably not my kind of movie, but um, it was I, really, really I really, well I I really enjoyed the Avengers. And are, do you know if they're planning to make sequels of the uh, Avengers? Are you kidding? The Avengers made like a billion dollars. Of course they're going yeah. to make a sequel to it. Yeah. It's because it's really not all about creative genius in Hollywood. It's more about bottom line big bucks. I couldn't believe how many um, big paying stars, like big name stars or whatever, big paying. They, I'm sure they didn't pay to be on there. What? But they 
you know, stars that probably cost a lot of money. They had a lot of big names in the Avengers. Movie. Well, yeah, and they made a lot of big money, and so they could yeah. pay the big stars. Yeah. In Men in Black, it's uh-huh. funny. It's funny all the way through, and it's touching, and it's really a great movie, and you is should it, go see it. If is you... it family-friendly? Ah, they have a few S-words in it, and there's some violence, and there's not anything... So some swearing, some violence. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know. I wouldn't take little kids to it. It's kind of or pro- or your wife either. I guess. Well, it's just that you wouldn't enjoy it. I enjoyed it. It was very. Yeah. Again, we're, there we go. We're we're um Catherine and I are debating whether we should go see um the Snow White and the Huntsman. Is that what it is? Oh yeah. So if anyone has seen it. And you want to email me at amy at takehimwithyou.com mm-hmm. and let me know what you think. That would be great because um, we haven't seen it. Of course, my daughter was a Twilight fan. Yeah. And then um, Rick will give me a bad time if I go see it because I think the Huntsman is the guy that played Thor. Of course. And he also played the um, of course. father of James Tiberius Kirk. In yeah, the George, George Kirk. Newest Star Trek movie. That would be George, George Kirk. George Kirk, yes. Hey, um, you know what else happened this week? I was on, uh, I did a skit with Jeff Roney from the the Once Upon, what's it called? Once Upon a Time podcast? Yeah. Is is that what it's called, Once Upon a Time? Um, Once Upon a Time fan podcast, I think. Yeah. Is that the the show is called Once Upon a Time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Uh, he asked me to help him with something. And so Yoda's voice I became. Yes. I it got also to be Yoda. sounds like Grover. All right. Well, Yoda does sound like Grover. <laughs> what are you going to do about that? Jeez. Yeah. Green and fuzzy? I am. <laughs> yeah. Super Grover. I love that book. Okay, don't go have, into the Super Grover There's story. a monster at the end of this book. Now, that was a great book. <laughs> that was a great book. Yeah. Yes, that was one of your favorite books when you were a little boy. I still like that book. Every once in a while, I crack it open and get really nervous because there's a monster at the end of the book. <laughs> and it make, creeps me out. A cute little blue monster, Grover. Me! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Okay, so where were we? What were we talking about? We're being we're, really random today. We're but... always really random <laughs> nowadays. What's up with that? So that's what's going on at the Moyer household. Yeah, exciting, huh? Yeah. Okay, we'll be back to introduce our next, uh, our, our final in the four uh, four part series of The Truth and Ruth. We'll be back in just one moment. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant Golf Clap, out loud, at work, 
to the amusement of co-workers and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y Podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by Jewelbeat. I like your microphone stand. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, you know what I did? I did a special song for the Anomaly ladies. Okay. Remember when I was goofing around with you and I said, Anomaly. Anomaly. I did a song. And they should tune into the Anomaly podcast to hear it. Are you trying to say I'm not I'm not going to play it on this? They haven't played it yet. It's going to come out on the next episode. Well, then you better wait to play it till after they get to air it. Mhm. Mhm. In other words, you don't like it. <laughs> I think it goes up there with the cat song. <laughs> and the and the 6 million dollar man song that she hates. Oh, that one's the worst. Yeah. Well, yeah. this week we are concluding mm-hmm. our series called The Truth in Ruth. And this is probably by far the more preachy You had your message. preach on, brother. Well, it, it's, <laughs> I think it's a little bit more churchy than the other messages. And not on purpose. It just, I think the subject matter is kind of like that. But mm-hmm. I edited out some of the stuff that wasn't do, pertinent. Do you have the song on the end that I listened to? No. Oh, I, I didn't like put that the song, song on. I don't even know what song it was. I didn't even listen. Mm. Sorry, listen Charlie. Sorry, Charlie, did not do that for you. Okay. So uh, we're going to play the message that I, it was a five years ago, I did a whole series on Ruth. Mm-hmm. <coughs> we thought it would be fun to play for all of you listeners um, and kind of get a feel for what we got out of the book of Ruth. Now, next week, <coughs> as I cough, we're going to uh, jump into the story of Noah. What are you looking at me like that for? Noah Noah has his moments. Well, I think it's an interesting... Sorry, I'm coughing. <coughs> I think it's an interesting story, and there's a lot of misconception around Noah and the Ark. There, There is. I think that we might have some mysteries of the Bible. And <coughs> in, in that, because there's a lot of... Really interesting... Like cliches and, par- and, and different things that people assume. Yeah. And, you know, just because they've seen little pictures on Precious Moments or something. Um, and and if you actually read it, it's it's a little bit different than that. Um, but it's also interesting to find out, maybe we could do a little research, just about every civilization, ancient civilization, has some kind of flood account, too. Yeah, so we'll, ta- that's well we're gonna we're gonna cover all that, but mm-hmm. we're most in particular we're gonna take that story of Noah and see how does that relate to our everyday lives. Uh, what are the thing? What are the things like that practical application? There you go, that, and that's the whole idea of this Sunday Cool series is to take a story from the Bible and relate it to us. 
Mm-hmm. Not it's not just a little Sunday school thing, not just a thing to make a movie out of, but actually how why does why is it in the Bible and what does it mean to us right now? Mm-hmm. So that's what we'll cover next week. But right now, let's go back in our time machine about five years ago. Okay. And we'll listen to a message, my final message in The Truth and Ruth, and we'll be back right after that's done to pray with everybody. And uh, we've already introduced next week's subject, so we'll just brush on that and we'll say goodbye. So take a listen to part four of The Truth in Ruth. This one is called Deal or No Deal. Look at the results. We're going to see the results today of her faithfulness, of Ruth's faithfulness, of Boaz's integrity. We're going to see today the results of that. And I'm telling you what, talk about a happy ending. You guys, I love it when I go to the movies and I walk out with a happy ending. I've gone to movies before thinking I was going to get a happy ending and walk out going, what was that? You know, I just don't feel good about it, right? Well, this morning, you're going to walk out with a happy feeling because it's a great ending. And the nice part is it's prophetic about you and I. You can walk out knowing that you have a great ending and, and the story is continuing, but you have a great ending. Okay, I just get all excited about this. Ruth is a story of a tragic occurrence that could have led to starvation and death, But because of the faithfulness and courage, it turned out to be provision and new life. It speaks to each one of us that have ever gone through a crisis. Anybody gone through a crisis? We can get bitter or we can get better. And if you're like me, sometimes that's a daily struggle. One day I'm okay. And the next day it just kind of creeps up on me and I'm not okay. And then you deal with the attitude and you go back and forth sometimes. I say we choose to get better. I think that's what we need to do. God has a wonderful life for us, but we have to let our hearts be open to him today. Okay, last week we learned about the threshing floor. Remember that? And you remember the threshing floor is a big, huge, uh, flat surface that's hard, and they threw the grain on it, or the, they threw, they threw the uh, stalks of grain on it, and then they would either jump up and down on it or use tools to go across it and break it up, or they'd have oxen walk across it or whatever. They'd get it all crunchy, and then they'd take these big wooden pitchforks and they'd scoop it up into the air, and the wind would blow because they were up on top of a hill, and the wind would blow the chaff and the stalks and everything away. It would fly off into the wind, and the grain would hit the ground. And they, they would do that constantly over and over and over until finally all they had was good fruit or good grain. And I don't know about you, but I felt my life being like that sometimes. And I don't think it's a bad process. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It doesn't feel very good to get stepped on. And it's not very fun sometimes when the wind blows. But I can guarantee you this, that if you allow God to work in that, when you get thrown up in the air, let the chaff be separated, fall back down the way that is fruitful, that brings some nutrition, some life. And I believe that's really, really true. Last week was very prophetic if you go back and look at it. In chapter 3, we saw Ruth go to Boaz and ask him to consider her for marriage. 
Boaz was blessed by her asking. He was so blessed that he provided for her. He sent her on her way until he could work some things out, some details. Now, last week, this is what we found out. Number one, she listened to wisdom. Number two, she made herself available. Remember, she listened to Naomi. She, she made herself available. She prepared herself. Got, uh, she took a shower or a bath or whatever and put on her nice uh, uh, clothes. She's made herself smell nice, and she made herself available. Then she obeyed and went to the threshing floor, the place where everything is separated, the good from the bad. She asks for favor, and then she was listened to and comforted, provided for and told to wait patiently. That's what, we, that's what happened last week. This week, we see exactly what Boaz did for her. So let's jump into Ruth chapter 4. If you have your Bibles with you, we're in verse 1 of chapter 4. It says, Now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there. And behold, the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, Come aside, friend. Sit down here. So he came aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit down here. So they sat down. Here's where you get to see a real good episode of deal or no deal. Boaz doesn't just go alone to this relative. He takes ten elders along with him. Now this really does it. Can I have a witness? He's got ten of them. They're going to discuss some pretty serious stuff. I don't know about you, but if somebody came up and said, you know, I really need to talk to you. And by the way, I'm going to bring ten of my friends with me when we sit down and talk to you. Woo! No, you know, it's not just going to be a, a little meeting. It's going to be serious. And that's exactly what happens. Verse 3. Then he said to the close relative, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, sold the piece of land which belonged to our brother Elimelech. And I thought to inform you, saying, Buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants, in the inhabitants and the elders of my people. If you'll redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it, and I am next after you. And he said, I'll redeem it. Then Boaz said, On the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. Now you can imagine the tense moment when he realizes he doesn't just get the land, he gets the lady too. And you have to understand in this culture, not only did you get the land and the lady, but you were expected to perpetuate the family name. So now it's not just the land, the lady, but it's the land, the lady, and the baby. And this man is considering it now. He was all excited about getting the land, but now he realizes there's extra things that come with this deal. Boaz is smart, brings a bunch of witnesses, and immediately says, verse 6, and the close relative said, well, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. You redeem my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Boaz is very, very smart. He does things right here. He attempts to negotiate knowing full well that this guy is going to jump at the chance to have more land. But he obviously knows this man's character. 
And he brings the elders of the city with him, and he does this publicly so there's absolutely no going back. He knows that in this day and age, people are in to get-rich-quick schemes. And how many, have, how many can attest that we live in a time like that, too? Boaz is absolutely living out his faith in public. And it fascinates me that the same thing that we see happen uh, then is happening all around us today. Human nature doesn't change much. And I, I mean, how many of us would love to have the rewards of hard work without actually working? Honest. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Give me the paycheck, but I don't, have to work, I don't want to work for it. Wouldn't it be great to get a paycheck for not doing anything? I'm sure it would, but that's not how it works. If you don't work, you don't eat. Or at least you're not supposed to. The fact is, the world doesn't owe us a living. It really doesn't. And with wealth comes the responsibility of a thing I like to call, and we're going to be talking about this coming up, I believe, in, in September, stewardship. So you might have a lot of money, but the question is, are you a good steward of it? Many of us don't have a lot because we're not willing or able to handle the responsibility of having a lot. I know that's sobering, but think about that for a moment. The more money you have, the more you need to manage it. Now, that sounds kind of weird, but it's really true. And those of you that know, the more things that you have, if, you have a big, if your business gets bigger, the more work it is to make that business work right. Because with a lot of responsibility comes stewardship. <laughs> Sometimes I think we need to change how we pray about wealth. Because I believe God wants to bless every one of us. Do you believe that? He sure does, but we get it wrong. I think we should be praying, God, help me be a good steward of what you give me, not give me more so that I can have what I want. So there's a difference. When you pray, God, let me be a steward, then he can trust you as he teaches you to use what you do have, then he can trust you to have more. That's how it works at my house with the kids. I mean, think about that. If you trust the kids with one chore, and they do it pretty well, you can probably put them in charge of this one over here. I mean, I didn't let my three-year-old go out and mow the lawn. I didn't want little bits and pieces of my three-year-old all over because he wasn't ready. But when he got old enough and had the responsibility he could handle it, I gave him more responsibility. He was a steward over that lawn. Does that make sense? And I think it's important that we start to pray, God, help us be stewards, good stewards. Because we'll manage what we have either responsibly or irresponsibly. All of us are in the same boat there. But I think we need to pray, God, help me be a good steward. Then, as you learn how to do that, then I believe God will pour out more for us to work with. So, it's easy to take the money and not have the responsibility that comes with it. And here's Boaz, who is willing to love Ruth and give her a family. And then there's this other relative who just wants the land to be rich. He doesn't want the responsibility of loving Ruth and doing what's best for her. In fact, he probably, during that flash of time that I was talking about, he probably considered the cost and it came up short. He realized this wasn't going to help him, this was going to cost him. In fact, he even says, I don't want to do this deal because it's going to cost me my inheritance. 
So I believe that the guy was thinking about himself, and that's why he said, go ahead, Boaz, you can have it. Now, it was the custom in former times in Israel, verse 7, concerning redeeming and exchanging to confirm anything, one man took off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this with a confirmation in Israel. Wouldn't that be something? Can you imagine today? <laughs> it used to be our word was our bond. Now we have all these... these uh, lawyers and paperwork and everything else and you know at least your word or your sandal was your bond can you imagine today though signing a house deal and you're sitting there at the escrow company doing your stuff and everything and you come down to the bottom line instead of handing you a pen you take off your shoe and put it on the table (laughs) they all look at each other thanks i believe there's symbolism in this i actually looked this up because i wanted to know what's the custom that doesn't make any it's a really weird custom there's so much on it, it would take like two sermons to cover. It was fascinating. I encourage you to do a little search and research why they took off their shoe. Very interesting. In the case, in this case, it was really interesting. Because if for some reason that the, the, the uh, person wouldn't redeem the widow that was coming to them, they would take off their shoe, throw it on the ground, and the widow would spit on the ground in front of him. And it would release them from all their obligation. It was a really weird thing. But in this case, they also would pull off their shoe to contractually bind something. But I asked God, what does that mean? Why, what's the symbolism in that? And I think, I think God gave me an answer. <laughs> I believe that once you take off your shoe, especially in those times, you walk a little bit different. And think about that for a moment. Once you sign a contract, you live different don't you? I mean, you buy a car and you take a loan out for the car, and once you sign that piece of paper, what do you get every month? A bill. And what your lifestyle changes because you have to write out a check, and you have to take some of the money you've earned and give it to the people that have the the note on your car or your house. Isn't that correct? You walk differently. And they took off their shoe to make this a binding contract, and they walked differently. I'll say more about that in a minute. Thank you for the use of your shoe, dear. Here you go. Yes, nice catch. Verse 8. Therefore the close relative said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. So he took off his sandal, and Boaz said to the elders of all the people, you are the witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilean's, sick, and Malon's, pining, from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. And the name of the dead may not be cut off among the brethren from from his position at the gate. You You are witnesses this day. That section of scripture right there is so prophetic of what Jesus has done for us. I want you to think about it for a moment. Because what's going on here is the redemption of Ruth. The grace of Boaz upon Ruth's life. She's adopted into a new family and her, her, her genealogy or her, her family line is now not going to be cut off. And That's exactly what happens when we come to Christ and he accepts us and loves us and brings us into his family. And instead of dying and going to hell, what do we get? Eternity in heaven in the family of God. Absolutely amazing. It's so cool. You can be sure that Boaz was rejoicing at this point. 
I mean, he took a risk. He went down there. What if the guy would have said, yeah, and I'll take the lady too? Boaz would have been heartsick. He would have, because he was like, this lady is so awesome, and I see the potential, and the, this is an amazing thing, and I want, I want to help her. And he, this guy could have been a creep. This would be, I'm telling you, this would make a great movie. Because this guy would have been a creep to her. He just didn't, you know, I just love this. It's so good when we come to Christ, isn't it? So he's not only willing to buy the land, but take care of Ruth and give her a family, and he's open about it. He's not ashamed of it. He talks about it. You know, when people come to Christ today, sometimes they're ashamed of it. Well, I'm, I'm a Christian. What? You're what? I'm a Christian. What? Look at, man, when Jesus has redeemed us, why can't we be public about it? It's the most awesome thing in the world to be redeemed. There's nothing like it. So he's willing to tell the world about his choice. And not only does this speak of his character, but it also serves as a witness to the people around him. He's now accountable. See, it wasn't just to show everybody that this relative wasn't going to buy the land. He did this in front of everyone, and now his word is his bond. He just proclaimed in front of everyone, I'm taking care of Ruth. It's public knowledge at the gate. No accident that it's at the gate of the city where things are let in and out, and the elders are sitting there. Now, you, you know that if he doesn't take care of Ruth, he's going to be held accountable. So he did it in front of everyone. There's something about being transparent that helps you be accountable. And it's important that we not just talk the talk, but we walk the walk that we talk. And Boaz knows this. When we come to Christ, we run the risk of being rejected by those around us. The closer we become to God, the more people can criticize us and judge us. But Boaz is upright, honest, and full of integrity. And he does the right thing. And it changed how he walked. He took his shoe off. It changed how he walked. And if we're, serving, we're serious about serving Christ, it should change how we walk too. When we live in a world with a shortage of people willing to do what's right, then we need to remember that when we first started this series, I told you about how the world was in a time of famine, not just physically, but spiritually as well. Doing what was wrong was normal. It was out of control. That was normal. Wrong was right, and right was wrong. And here we find a redeemer in the midst of the wolves. He didn't resort to lying and cheating to get his way. He knew what was right, and he was bold enough to confront it. Verse 11. And all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel, and may you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. There's a whole study you can do on that too. We don't have the time this morning to do it. But I love the fact that the elders prophesy over Boaz and Ruth at the gate. And they ask that this union be a blessing to their people. You see, a match made in heaven can't help but be blessed. And they recognize this. They recognize this. 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. Everybody say, yay! 
This has been a long time coming, hasn't it? This is quite the journey. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and now she bore a son. Everybody say, yay! But isn't this such a cool thing? Again, we see intimacy bearing fruit. Fruit that will bear more, even more fruit. Ruth did what was right and Boaz did too. And together it produced fruit that would bless every one of us today. Holding on and keeping themselves pure, being people of integrity, allowed them to come together and produce good fruit. If we can be patient and do what is right, regardless of the controversy, God will come through and produce life. And it even gets better than that. Remember Naomi? Watch this. Verse 14. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. And then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. So check this out. God blesses Naomi too. Not only does she get provided for, but she's given a wonderful role in raising this new child. It was like God was giving back to her all that she had lost and more. It was called grace in action. I believe this is prophetic. Some of us have worked a long time. Some of us have served God for a long time. And we can be disappointed. We say, well, things didn't work out the way I thought they should. It's just kind of been a really rough season. And just let me tell you right now, your life isn't in vain. So let me ask you a question. Are you tired? Have you felt bitter like Naomi? Do you really have it in you to give that up to Jesus? Can you believe with me that God can restore your life to a place even better than it was? Do you believe that God can restore our church to a place that was even, even better than it was? Watch this, verse 17. Also, the neighbor women came, uh, gave him a name saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called him Obed. You know what Obed means? To serve and to work. That is pretty cool, if you ask me. He is the father of Jesse and the father of David. Now this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron, Hezron begot Ram, and Ram begot Amnibadab. Amnibadab, am, ah, am, oh boy, let's try that again. Aminadab, I got that, begot Nation, and Nation begot Salmon, Salmon begot Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. Now listen, this is very important. Ruth's obedience, Naomi's wisdom, and Boaz's generosity work together to further the lineage of Christ. 
We have a responsibility to do what's right. And I believe that Ruth is a wonderful example to us of someone who stood up in the face of devastation and grief and came through because she headed back to the place of praise and provision. And she was redeemed by her kinsmen. Will we? Will we allow Jesus to redeem us? Jesus, our kinsman redeemer, a man who knows what it's like to be us. Will we dare to head back to the place of praise? Will we work hard and be men and women of integrity? Will we allow God to bless us and go to bat for us? And will we be faithful to him? I believe if we will be, he'll give us fruit and he'll give us the lineage of Jesus to continue. A message that I preached about five years ago, and I think that um, that whole series that we just got done doing really speaks a lot. If if you're listening and you've been through a rough time or you've you've uh, had life kind of get you down, I'm hoping that that message, Amy and I are hoping that it really encouraged you to go forward and and be stronger as a result, because. You know, nobody's perfect. We all have been in situations we don't like. And if we can just take that and use it as a as a springboard to go forward, it's much better. And I think Ruth really, ha- I mean, she really didn't have any hope. And then everything changed because she went forward. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. She was a very courageous woman. And, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, you could follow her example of courage and faithfulness. and Absolutely. It, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we were racking our brains, and mm-hmm. uh, we thought that there would be a really cool song that we could play. So we picked out a song. Actually, Amy came up with it. Mm-hmm. So we introduced the song, and then, uh, well, let's pray for everybody, and then we'll introduce the song. Okay. All right. Father, I thank you for every person listening, and... God, I do pray that you would help each one of us to to move forward, to take the deal that you offer, God, and that is if we serve you, you'll take care of us and you'll give us direction in our life. And that's what we need. I need it. I know everyone uh, needs your direction. And so, God, please help us as as we recover from whatever we have been involved in and, and has knocked us down a little bit. We pray, God, that you would lift us up and, and help us to move forward with our lives. That's our prayer. We want to trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And um, to introduce this song, the reason why it came to my mind is on Facebook, and you can probably look on YouTube, Seattle Children's Hospital here in the Northwest in Washington State made a video to this song, and the song is by Kelly Clarkston. And is the title... Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's or what's called it? stronger. Stronger. What doesn't kill you? What doesn't kill you? And um, it is just a very inspiring song. And if you have time to go to YouTube and look it up, Seattle Children's Hospital, very good video. This is there available on iTunes, by the way. Kelly Clarkston, stronger. You know the bed feels warmer. Sleeping here alone. Dreaming color and do the things I want. 
a great voice yeah and that's a, a you know a, um good message to keep going you can get Ke- kelly clarkston's music on itunes or amazon or several other places on the web and all you have to do is i think the song's about a buck 29 and it's yours it's yours yeah. you can download it today like i bought it and downloaded it and you can put it on my ipod now that you bought it yep i can yay yeah yeah, I like her her style of singing. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that's everything for this week. I hope everybody's enjoyed this series. Now, the next series we're going to do is called On Deck, and it's all about Noah. Get it? On uh-huh. Deck. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be really cool. We're going to talk about the practical applications of the story of Noah and maybe un- unravel and un- unveil some mysteries of the Bible. Ooh. They, maybe you didn't know about this particular story because it's not exactly what you think it is. Mm-hmm. 
it's going to be really fun. So uh, come see us again. Uh, it won't be as preachy, obviously, as what I've been doing, but uh, it will be a really good study, and I think everybody's going to enjoy it. Yeah, and coming up in a few weeks, um, I think we're going to have an interview with a Facebook friend of mine. Yeah, an who, author. Who I've read a couple of her books and I've really enjoyed her style. Yeah. Um, and so she's. this is going to be a little bit different for us. It's a historical fiction book that she's just putting out. Yeah. I've read some of her contemporary fiction. Cool and stuff. Yeah, so this will be kind of fun. I, I know Rick's more of a sci-fi guy. But I think Catherine will be doing a review of a sci-fi book. Yeah. Um, probably the same time. So we'll have a little sci-fi. We'll have a little historical fiction. And um, hopefully some inspiration all around. Yeah. Should be cool. Yeah. One last thing before we go. I did want to say that we have a couple of really thing cool things to tell you about our podcast friends. Mm-hmm. Number one, Daniel and Laura put out on Out of Range their Rocky podcast. Yeah. Two hours long. You have to listen to it. It's really good, Aim. Yeah, I'll... I'll I'll probably listen to it while I work. Yeah, you'll like it. Mm-hmm. And also, our we can now pro- talk about it. Our friends, Alan Joyce, mm-hmm. who do Tales from the Mouse House and the uh, uh, Amazing Race Fast Forward podcast and Just Because. Yeah. And Al's a co-host on the MASH 4077 podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know those guys? I do. They are starting a brand new uh, podcast that since they're not doing the Amazing Race right now because it's not in not on the on the TV mm-hmm. right now. It just finished. They are starting a brand new podcast all about Lost. The, remember the show Lost? I do remember. It's it. called Lost Flight Eight Fifteen. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's called. The podcast yeah, is called. You that. you were um, more of a Lost fan than I was because we didn't get it for one season because we didn't get ABC for a while. Yeah. And um, you faithfully watched it on the internet, and I didn't bother. <laughs> but, yeah. But it, it was kind of a different show. I wasn't real happy with the way they ended, but it was definitely a unique show. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. Yeah. It was, I wasn't quite sure where they were going there. It was kind of sci-fi. And, well, here's what they and do. And a little bit of mythology. I actually got, and, to, I got to hear mm-hmm. a prototype the first episode. Uh-huh. And it's really, really well done. What Alan Joyce do is they listen, or they or we listen to them watching the episode. So we get to hear the dialogue from the episode and them talking. Mm-hmm. It's not confusing because they turn it down enough for you to hear. And then um, they talk a little bit about, you know, the, the show and stuff. And then they, at the end, they share their views on that particular episode. And they're going to go through the whole series. So, wow. Yeah, it's a big undertaking, but it's going to be really cool, especially if you liked Lost. Were there five years of it, five seasons of Lost? Uh, you'd have to ask them. I don't know. I can't know. remember. Alan Joyce can answer yeah. that. You just have to tune into their. They're starting on, I believe, the fifteenth of June. Mm-hmm. I believe somewhere around there. Yeah. But we're very excited for you guys, and uh, everybody needs to listen to it. If you're a Lost fan, or even if you're not, maybe you'll become a new generation of Lost fans. <laughs> listen to our buddies, Alan Joyce Kessel. Hopefully, eventually they'll be found. Flight eight fifteen. Lost. Lost. They're a lost. Flight eight fifteen. Said maybe they'll be Podcast. found. You're not getting it. <laughs> I'm trying to be punny. Oh, okay. It's not working, is it? No. No? <laughs> no, no. Well, everybody, thanks again for joining us. You can always get a hold of us very easily by writing to us. My email is rick 
at takenwithyou.com. And mine is amy at takenwithyou.com. Those are, those are our email addresses. And of course... You can get a hold of us on Facebook at Rick Moyer. No. Or Rick.Moyer. Or Amy.Moyer. That's after Facebook.com slash forward slash. Mm-hmm. Then it's, mm-hmm. yeah. And also, you can just get a hold of us at um, Take Him With You. Yes. Check out our website. You can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, you can also play this. Okay, I'm going to try to save everybody right now. Ready? This has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved. So now you've officially been to the end of the program, and you can turn it off so you don't have to hear the kitty cats anymore meowing. My earphones are coming off now. Oh, yeah, I'm furious. Hello, Dan here. Well, you have impeccable taste since you're listening to this wonderful podcast. It's one of my favorites, too. If you feel that you could squeeze another show into your regular listening, though, why don't you give mine a go? It's called Out of Range, and I talk about the things I love. Everything from geeky TV classic toys, and brand new technology and gadgets. You may find something you like, or be introduced to something you've never heard of. Search for Out of Range in iTunes, or go to the website at dangelous.com slash outofrange. I'd love to hear from you. Happy listening. Hello there, my name is Med. And this is David Frost. You're not David Frost. Alright, I mean, this is Mark. And we are the present Mark. All right, get on with it. Okay. And we're the presenters of Waffle on podcast, and we like to talk about crap, TV. Oh, would you say it's crap? Some of it, really, <laughs> especially the British stuff. But we're having a podcast about that, so let's move up on that. Unbelievable. You can find us at the http colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com. Do not smile when I say the word colon. I'm not. <laughs> My name is Al. And I'm Joyce. And we're, we're huge, huge Disneyland, Disneyland fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth to share that passion with others. That's right. On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, we share current resort news, some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland Resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often-overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. So, after our great friends Rick and Amy have enlightened you on their awesome podcast, Take Him With You, why not give us a listen? You'll be happy you did. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast at www.talescast.com and in iTunes. And remember, make, make it, it a, a Mickey, Mickey Day. day. And you people, you're all astronauts. 
on some kind of Star Trek. We are indeed seeking Star Trek. And if you want to seek Star Trek, then why don't you try Trek News and Views? The latest news and views on what's going on in the Star Trek world. Your life as it has been is over. Oh my. Oh my indeed, George. We also have a little gossip at the end of each program about a certain subject, be it Romulans, Klingons, or whatever takes our fancy. Feel free to drop us a line and join in. Trek News and Views via Podbean or iTunes. Check it out. This week on Tricks and Sci-Fi Podcast, yep, my friend Chris and I, we review every one of the Planet of the Apes movies, plus the series that was on TV, the animated series, the two remakes of it on the big screen. And there is no monkeying around here. I'm telling you, it's an appealing podcast. So come listen to Chris and I over at Trex in Sci-Fi. Just look for the apes one.
human's about to escape. Get your paws off me, you dirty ape! He can talk. He can talk, 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 he can talk! I can sing! Ooh, help me, Dr. Zayas! Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. What's wrong with me? I think you're crazy. Want a second opinion? You're also lazy. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. 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 Can I play the piano anymore? Of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas.